talking about how a Sunday like today is weird for a pastor because you just come out of Christmas time, which is amazingly busy, and then you're headed into the new year, but you're not there yet. So you're kind of like, hmm. Like you are all the time, Rick. <laughs> I mean, love, hate, it's all good. Um, no, it's love, love. I'm sorry. No, but, but so I thought, you know, God, what do I preach on? And, and, and begin to pray. And, and you think about the word Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel means what? God with us. Right? And at first you could say, you know what, that's a pretty Christmassy term. And it is, because the prophet Isaiah prophesied that Jesus would be born and he would be called Emmanuel. And then Matthew follows that up. We'll look at it in just a second. But I just want to talk to you just for a moment today about three different phases that we may find ourselves in and where we might need to reassure ourselves that God is with us. God with us. And so I'm going to talk about this. God was with us. God is with us. And God will be with us. And as Christ followers and as people who live in a real world, who have real problems that are up against real situations and circumstances, that's pretty good news if you think about it. God was with us. God is with us. And God will be with us. And so we're just going to look at those three things today and and see what the Word of God has to say. If you look over in Isaiah, Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And then Matthew quotes Isaiah and says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for your word in our lives. Thank you for all the people today who have already accepted Christ as their Savior and they're going to walk into this new year, uh, a new creation. Lord, would you help me get out of the way today? And Lord, would you just say to each heart what you need to say? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us, number one. God was with us. Psalms 139 is pretty familiar to a lot of you. 14 through 16. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Stop right there, Joe. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You keep reading in this, and we'll talk about how God knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb. Our mother's womb. But think about that statement right there. The psalmist is saying, look, God, I, I realize you know who I am. And I know you're wonderful because I'm fear, fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I never can cease to be so enamored with people that think there's no God. I, I love to talk to people who doesn't believe, they don't believe there's a God. Because if you look at the human body, those of you who are in the medical industry, or maybe paramedics, or maybe whatever, or in health, and you look at the body, and the body is the most complex thing that you can ever, I mean, nobody can figure this out. We still can't figure out the body. Isn't that true? We try, and we try to treat the body good. But, you know, so, for instance, next week, all the gyms on the Space Coast will be filled. Right? And like, nah, man, I'm going to work out, I'm going to work out, I'm going to work out. You, you, you ain't going to work out. I hope you do. I mean, we need to treat our bodies good. Go to that same gym, like, in July. No problem finding a parking place. It's all good. 
But so God was with us. In other words, the psalmist is saying, God knows who I am. Go to verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Wow. I was woven together. So here's a thought for you today. And if you're new here, or if you're visiting, if somebody drug you and you don't want to be here, um, we believe the Bible. So we don't really believe in opinions, and we don't really believe in a lot of religious things, whatever. We just believe the Bible. And so what we do is we teach the Bible, we stick to the Bible, and all those verses you see up here are in the Bible, and that's how we work through every Sunday, every Wednesday, or every day of the week, because there's something going on here every day of the week. We just believe the Bible. Good? So if you believe the Bible... Then my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. In other words, God made you just the way He wanted you. Now, life comes in sometimes like a chisel. You ever, you ever seen a stonemason make art out of a stone? Right? Some of you have. You ever seen anybody carve up wood and make something really pretty? Okay, have you ever seen somebody make a snow cone? Now, we're good now. Alright, I got everybody's on the same page. Life, life can come in sometimes. God created you the way He wants you, and, and, and you are who God created you to be. But life can come in, rejection, hatred, anger, hurt, and life can chisel you into something that God never really intended, and we can wind up blaming God for it. God, why did you make me this way? Because I don't really feel like I fit in anywhere. Yet God says, you know what? Life has done that to you, but let me tell you, I lo- that's what God says, I love you. I knit you together. It, before you and your mother's womb, I knew you. Before the foundations of the earth were laid, I knew you. He was with us. And it says, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You know you have a book? Talked about this about six months ago. You have a novel. God has written a book about you. All the days of your life are in that book. And, and what's so amazing is, is, if we stop for a second, and I know this is like a reflecting time of year, you know, and some of us might be like, yeah, I nailed it last year. And some of us would be like, I don't even want to think about last year. But if you think about it this way, no matter the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, the terrible, the great, the whatever, God was with you every step of the way. Your whole life, God's been with you. Your whole life, even whether you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior or not, God created you the way you are, and He's still chasing you if you don't know Jesus yet. My, my son's grown now, but when he was, we, he was little, we had this ongoing thing where Raina would be like, um, at, at the end of the day, we'd finally, he's built a little bit like me, he just does, when he was little, and just still crazy stuff, right? Stupid stuff, when you were little. You're smart now, I know. And so one day, Raina had this saying, when we'd finally get him in bed, we'd finally get him in bed. Like, and we were like, Whew. Raina looked at me one night, and she's like, you know what, I bet his guardian angel's going, Whew. can I clock out now? <laughs> like, can I, I, I need to, yeah, I need to go right now. <laughs> and, and so one, one day she calls me, he's five years old, and she's like, well, no, she doesn't call me because this is back when you had pagers. Yeah. Beepers? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody? Okay. Beepers? Pagers? 
and I'm, I'm, I'm work, driving down the road actually going to another job site. Like, what does she want? So I finally get realize like she doesn't want me to pick up tomatoes on the way home. Something's wrong. And so I, I call, I, I stop and, and get a, find a payphone. And for those of you young people, payphones are those silver boxes that are empty now that you see everywhere. And you, you used to like put a dime in them. And then it went to a quarter, but this is maybe a quarter, maybe a dime. I don't, I don't remember. So anyway, so I called. I said, hey, what's wrong? And she's like, I said, what, sweetie? 80 feet. I'm like, I just picked up 80 feet. I'm like, you have to settle down. I don't know what's going on. And she's like, she finally settles down. She said, your, your son. Yeah, right. Your son is 80 feet up in a tree. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, how'd he get up there? I don't know. So I'm thinking he probably climbed, right? Unless an alien picked him up and put him up there. He climbed. So if he climbed up there, he can climb down. He's going to be fine. Just tell him to get down. He's waving at me, laughing. So I took a long lunch. I don't know if you remember this or not. I took a long lunch, came home, walking. She's shaking frantically, and my, my five-year-old, five-year-old son, maybe six, is up in the top of the tree going, Hey, Dad! And Raina's like, Go get him. I ain't coming up there. <laughs> I am not climbing up there. There ain't no way. Dylan, get down. He's going to fall. I said, he made it up there. He can make it back down. I am not going up there. And she goes, oh. And that night, no kidding, that night we put him to bed. And she goes, God's always with us. Think about times in your life. Think about times in your life where it could have turned out in in a really wrong way. And it didn't. Think about decisions that you made along the way that probably weren't really conducive to what this Bible says we should decide, but you're here today because God was with you. It's a very uh, acquaintance of mine. I wouldn't call him a friend, but I know him. And, um, he's a Christian, he's a businessman, and he, um, he had rented an airplane. He's a musician slash businessman. He had uh, chartered a jet to go from one city to the other, and he got to the airport to get the jet, and the gentleman said, sir, I'm sorry, but we've, we, we gave that jet to somebody else. And he started throwing a tantrum, right? Banging on the counter, you know, I paid for that, I need to get what I paid for, and this other jet's not as nice, it's not going to get me there as quick, and, you know, he's totally acting like an idiot, right? I'm sure none of you have ever done that at all. <laughs> I have, unfortunately, sorry. Um, He's banging, like, banging on, and so finally he says, "Okay," and says, "Look, we'll refund the amount of money, but here's another jet." Flies into the town that he's in, gets to the hotel room, gets in the room, the hotel room, turns on the TV, turns on the TV, and all over the TV are two F-14s with a jet right between them, and at the bottom of that it says, "Payne Stewart's plane." Any of you guys, are, you remember that? Yeah. And they were escorting that plane until they could get it because everybody inside the plane was dead because of the cabin pressure or whatever. And that was the plane he was supposed to get. Sat down at the piano that night and wrote a song about what, what God keeps us from that we don't even know. God, God was with us. He knows us. 
Every step of the way. God was with us, and God, number two, God is with us. Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. God is working in each one of us, as Christ followers, God's working in each one of us to fulfill His good purpose. Now, here's, here's the quandrum, if you will, of Christianity. You accept Jesus Christ, you put your faith in Jesus as the Messiah. And you say, you know what? I'm going to walk this thing out. I am going to, I'm going to go on this journey with God. Then God says, okay, when you accept Jesus Christ, my spirit's going to indwell you. Because remember, Jesus said, I must go away so another can come. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Spirit of God indwells you. It leads you, guides you, and directs you. So, the problem is, is we're human. And once we make that decision to follow Jesus, God is telling us in Philippians that He's working in us so that we can act a certain way to fulfill God's good purposes. In other words, He's working in us so that our destiny can be to make a difference for Him. And when we act out in such a way that's not going towards that, it's hell. All hell breaks. We get in trouble. I'm telling you what. I I was raised to do right, and I didn't do right. And I got caught all the time. Actually, that's not true. I got caught enough. <laughs> and my friends never got caught. And the reason they never got caught: a, their parents didn't care; b, their parents weren't praying for them. And God had marked me with His goodwill and purpose for my life. He's trying to take me that way. I'm going that way. I'm fulfilling the purposes of my own heart. He's saying, no, I've been working in you. I'm going to work in you to fulfill my purposes for your life. So wherever you're at today, you can be assured God's with you. And you can say, you know what? Things aren't going really well in my life right now. God is with you. God God was with us. God is with us. Look at how this next passage, going back to Psalms, says it, Psalms 139, 2-5. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Because, again, we're not going to argue if the Bible's true because we believe the Bible's true. So if we believe the Bible's true, then every one of us in this room right now have to read that and say, if I believe the Bible, then I believe God knows everything I do. You know when I sit down, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. He knows what I'm thinking. How does He know that? Because He created me. He's God. He knows. I mean, I'm convinced whoever wrote that song about Santa Claus, He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been bad. So... They're talking about God. They're not talking about Santa Claus. (laughs) You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Can I tell you, there's nothing that you can do that surprises God. Nothing. It's amazing that people... It's the 16th year I've been doing this. I've been doing this for 16 years. And it's amazing the people, longer than that, but full-time around that, that I meet, that I, I work with, 
and, and God showed me this, even at, at one point in my own life, the people that really, really get into things that really mess their life up are people who think they can hide it from God. Seriously. You, you meet somebody... You, you mean, I can remember one time, I walked in this house. I walked s- straight through the front door. This was a guy that I had grown up with, and he, was, he had grown up in church. He was way out there. I walk in his house. There's no electricity. Child services had taken his child. He's bleeding from this arm. He's bleeding from his nose. It's freezing, and he's on the phone. And guess what he's doing? Trying to just get some more drugs. It had taken everything from him. They took his child. He has no electricity. And I walked in. I'm going to say his name. He's, he loves the Lord now. God restored his family. Awesome story. I walked in and looked at him. I said, dude, what are you doing? I'm okay. Really? Really? You weigh about 110 pounds. You're bleeding. And you're okay. No. And your, your kid's been taken. For, you have no electricity. I, I said, I'm not even high. And I'm not okay. I'm freezing. Cold. It was cold that time. That time of year in Memphis. And this guy grew up in church, and he had convinced himself that he could hide things from God because he felt like he had to hide them from the church. And he asso- watch this. He associated God with the church. Hmm. Now we're getting somewhere. God was with us. God is with us. So wherever you're at today, He knows when you go to sleep. He knows when you lie down. He knows your goings and your comings. He formed you in your mother's womb. He, he knows you. He was with you. He is with you. Before a word on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You can't hide from God. Believe me, I've tried. Can't do it. Because here's the kicker. He's God. I, I, mean, I hate to inform you of this. He's God. And before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. I so wish God would have built me, like made me, in my mother's womb with a shot collar. <laughs> husbands, you're going to get this. I'm not talking to the women because I get in trouble when I do that. But so, so my, my lab got his first retrieve on Friday afternoon. Got his first duck. Yeah, yeah. You might not find that fun. But, yeah. Yes, I shot the duck. Ooh, sorry. He went and got it. And he brought it back to me. It is what it is. There's only like 10 million of them in Florida right now. So we're good. And we only got one. But Goose, is my dog's name, Goose got a shot collar. Right? And I never, I never use it. Unless he's going to hurt somebody or hurt himself or do something. But I just wish that God, when he put this in the Bible, before words on my tongue, you Lord, know it completely. I wish that God would put it like this, and he has, it's called the Holy Spirit. But I wish it would like hurt. Like when I'm about to say something stupid to my family, my wife, you know. All of a sudden, it's like... And some of you guys in this room that are a little bit older, you're like, oh, I got that. Yeah, my wife bought me one years ago. <laughs> he is with us. He knows what we're going to say before we say it. 
You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Wow. God is with How is God with us? God is with us through His love for us. God is with us through His Spirit when we put our faith in Jesus. And God is with us through this book. Through this book. I've told you a bunch of stories about my, my grandmother, right? She's my last grandparent alive. And so she's dying right now. She's got congestive heart failure. But she's 91 years old. I mean, goodness gracious. She loves Jesus. And they'll probably have a big party soon. But So I pray with my dad every Sunday morning. And I've been talking with my dad the last couple of weeks, saying, Hey, Dad, you have to... So I said, Dad, you, you gotta, you're going to have to have the talk with her. You're going to have to talk with her. Look, my grandma's the type of person, when she turned 80, our gift to her was hiring a yard service. She ran them off with a broom. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Right? Yeah. yeah. You think I'm not trying to be funny. She went outside with a broom, and then she called my dad and said, No one's going to cut my grass. And she cut her grass until she was 86 years old. Yeah, just the kind of person she is, right? So, so I said, Dad, you're going to have to talk to her. And my dad, my dad was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's going to hurt her so bad. She's so independent. I said, Dad, she's on oxygen. She can't move around. You guys are, like, you're two months into this thing. You're going to have to have the talk. I said, look, I'll, I'll hop a flight. I'll fly to Memphis. We'll sit down with her. She'll listen to me. And we'll just make this happen. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. At some point, I'll do it. So, this morning, as our is our custom. We talk every Sunday morning, pray together. And he goes, I had to talk. And I said, and it's not really something I want to talk about on Sunday morning because i got a few things going on on Sunday morning, but I thought, all right, Dad, how did it go? He said, it went great. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I cried, she cried, we cried. But she said she had prayed not to be stubborn about it. And so she, she's going to go. She said she's going to move in with us in Arkansas and we're just going to figure it out and keep the house. Everything's going to be fine. And I said, well, what happened, Dad? Like, what led you to that? Why, why did you have the talk yesterday? He said, well, Jason, I was confused. He said, I was, I, he said my head was all twisted up about this whole thing. He said, I didn't know what was right. I had no idea what to do. I, I just didn't know. And so, well, what did you do? He said, well, he's always said this. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. And he said, I just pressed away and prayed for like two or three hours. And he said, then I got in the Bible. I got in the Word. God is with us. Look at the scripture, Hebrews. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even its dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. He said, so I, I just told God, God, I know you're not the author of confusion. I need peace. And so I got, I, he said, I got before God and started praying. And I got in the word and started reading the word. He said, Jason, I can't explain it. But the peace... The peace that I felt about having that conversation, he said, and that's the peace the Bible talks about that transcends all understanding, right? That's what Peter said. Look, cast your cares upon the Lord, and the peace that transcends understanding will guard your heart. So wherever you're at today, whatever you're going through, wherever life finds you today, God is with you. You hear that? And if you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, could be, maybe, you might need to press away a little bit, pray, read the Bible, and let the peace of God that transcends all understanding come over you.
Because God was with us. God is with us. Last thing. God will be with us. Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Check this out. That's Old Testament, right? And some of you have just recently been saved. You need to hear this. Let me teach you something real quick. You always read the Old Testament through a New Testament lens. Right? You always read the Old Testament through a New Testament lens. Because I've heard people say over and over and over again, well, he was talking to the children of Israel, his beloved. Well, guess what you are? You're his beloved. Because through what Jesus Christ did for us, we were grafted into the family of God. We're grafted in. So when you read scriptures like this, you can't discount them and say, well, he was just talking to, to the children of Israel. No, you read it through a New Testament lens, knowing what Jesus Christ did for us. And so you realize the Bible says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Go to the next verse right here, Joe. Hebrews thirteen fifteen reconfirms this. Now, this is New Testament. This is after grace. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Isn't that neat? Isn't that cool? So I don't care how tough you are or how bad you think you are. Down inside of each one of us is a want to not be left, to not be forsaken. And what, when the chisel of life comes in and messes the whole daydream up of what we thought life should be, then we've got to get tough because we've got to make it in life. Right? We've got we to get tough. But under that facade, down deep, there's a part of every one of us that doesn't want to be left and we don't want to be forsook. And you say, not me. Yeah, all of us. Why? Because that's how God created us. God created us to need Him. There's a void in our heart that can only be filled by God. So, so you think about God was with us, God is with us, and God will be with us. Isaiah 43 says it like this. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. God's saying right here, look, you're mine. This is pretty good news. I know I'm boring you, but I'm almost done. So just, just hang in there. This is really good news because if you read this through a New Testament lens, what it's really saying is through what Jesus did for us, He grafted us in, and God's saying, you're mine. You belong to me. You are my children. And some of us would be today, we would say, ah, I don't think God wants me. The way I've been living, the way I've been acting, the things I've done, God doesn't want me. Yes, He does. Well, the rest of the people in this room are perfect. <laughs> Their families are perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all live in a real life and go through real things. And God's still saying, you are mine. The creator of the universe, the one that flung the stars into existence, carpeted the fields with grass. The, that God. The God that was, that is, that is to come. You're His. He loves you. He created you. He knows you better than anyone. It's, it's real. And it, it, 
If life has you in a place today where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm fearful of the new year. I'm fearful for what life holds. I'm fearful for the future for my kids. I'm fearful for the future of my marriage. I'm fearful for the future of my fi- I'm fear. I'm, I'm a little bit scared. Can I just tell you, God's already there. It's already there. Remember the sign? I don't want to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. It's going to work out. Hang on. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep believing. God was with us. God is with us. And God will be with us. Go to verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. I know some of you in this room right now, I know some of you well enough to know that, like, I've been fishing with a couple of you or whatever. And But how many of you just say, I've, I've been in a boat on a body of water before when it got really rough? That's a lot of fun, isn't it? For about two minutes. For about two minutes, it's a lot of fun. And after that, it's not fun. It's survival. Is what it is. God's saying, you know what? When the waters of life try to take you down, I'm like, you're going to be able to hang on. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Life can throw some, like, some days life is like a flamethrower. You know what I'm talking about? Seriously, think about it. Some days, like, you're just cooking along, man, the air condition's on and everything's great. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something happens and it's like... And you feel like, God... The heat of the world is coming down on me right now. God says, no. Give it to me. Because God was with us, God is with us, and God will be with us. You don't have to fear what's in the future. You don't have to fear the storms of life. Because God's already there. Third verse of this scripture right here says, For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Watch this. I mean, I I was talking to you about reading the Old Testament through a New Testament lens, right? And so this is God telling the children of Israel that He's given up certain things so that they could be ransomed back to Him. Does that sound familiar? So you go through all the way through the Old Testament and then there's 400 and some odd years of silence. No prophets prophesy no no one speaks and then all of a sudden after all the silence God breaks the silence and says you know what Jesus Christ Emmanuel is going to be born that's what this is you know the New Testament says that, that Christ came to give his ransom for many God said look I can't figure this out I've given up all this stuff for you guys Now, I'm about to give the most important thing that I could give, and that's my son, Jesus Christ, as a ransom for all of humanity. God was with us, God is with us, God will be with us. So you think about Jesus coming and being born of a virgin, living a sinless life, taking our death and sin to the cross, being placed in the grave, and He rose from that grave on the third day. He's in heaven, the Bible says, praying for us, And the Bible says He's coming back for us one day. Don't lose me. I'm done. I'm almost done. I'm just doing like, I'll do three, I'll do three flybys and we'll land the plane, okay? We're good. 
coming back for me one day. Thessalonians says it like this. Joe, you there? Bless his heart, he's been here since 6.30 this morning. It's all right. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. If you keep reading that chapter, it says things like, And we who remain will be caught up with him in the air forever and ever and ever. I believe that. Stake my life on it. I believe Jesus Christ is coming back for us. And I, 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 I hope I get to be a part of that. Either way, I'm going to be a part. Because either I'm dead, I'm going to rise, and if I'm alive. But wouldn't it be so cool to like be with your family and Jesus comes back and it's like, I don't know how it's going to happen. But I know this, we totally put God in a box. God is the most creative thing that you can ever imagine. And so I think we're going to get to fly around for the first thousand years. I say, hey, no, hey, high five, yeah, Woo. Not only do we not have to fear the future, we can look forward to the future. If we know Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. Yeah, we can say God, God was with us, and we can look back at some pretty stupid, ignorant decisions or things that we did in the past year, or our whole life. We can look at today and say, man, I'm going through the ringer right now, but God is with me. The most amazing thing is to be able to say, God will be with me. And I will be with God. Back to the Bible. The Bible says that you can't have peace with God and can't spend eternity with God without putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Maybe you're like a ton of people already this morning and you would... Be honest with yourself and say, I don't, I've never put my faith in Jesus. I've just never figured it out. Well, can I tell you this? Your faith is your faith. It's an incredibly, unbelievably awesome gift from God. God gives each of us a measure of faith. Your faith is your faith. I can't put your faith in something you have to put your faith in. Some of us say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I put my faith in myself. I'm a bad dude. I can figure this out. Some of us may put our faith in money. Sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. And in the end, it never works out because you can't take it with you. Just like Monopoly, it all goes back in the box. Put our faith in relationships, but we all know each other and we know we're not perfect, so we're going to let each other down. Or... You can put your faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, being ransomed and reconciled back to God, being at peace with God, let me tell you, when God will never let you down. He may delay at times. What you think is a delay, it's not a delay. He's working. But He's not going to let you down. So that's where we part ways today. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah? Will you bow your heads all over this place? Before we're dismissed, nobody's moving around unless you have to, please. Nobody's looking around, nobody's moving. Say, Jason, that's me. I'm, that's me. I'm in this seat right now, and I know I'm here on purpose. And I really, really, really need, I really need a change in my life.
And you say, you know what? I'm recognizing right now that I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ. I never have. So Jason, what does that mean? That just simply means in your heart, you confessing that Jesus Christ, that you believe in your heart. You believe. Salvation is a faith factor. It's a belief factor. That you believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that He lived a sinless life, that He took our death and sin to the cross, and that they placed Him in a grave. He rose from the grave on the third day, and He's coming back for us one day. And you say, Jason, I believe that, and I'm ready to confess that in my heart. Would you just slip your hand up really quick and put it back down? No one's looking around. I need Jesus in my life. I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you for just being brave today and saying, you know what? I need that in my life. I need a change in my life right now. I see your hand, sir. Only you can put your faith. I see your hand, buddy. Only you can put your faith in Jesus. Only you can. No one can do that for you. But what a a great way to charge the new year. A new creation, saved, moving forward. A new start, a fresh start. I see your hand, bro. Thanks. That's awesome. I see it. You can slip it right back down. That's cool. That's awesome. Listen, just by virtue of you guys who just raised your hand, you're just the reason we have people raise their hands is because you're just making a public confession between you and God that that's where my faith is going. That's where I'm putting my faith. My faith is going in Jesus. So now you're all in. The Bible says that you're being made into a new creation right now. But I, even though God's already working in your heart, would you just do this with me? Would you pray this prayer, not out loud, right where you sit? Just pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me, and thank you that I'm here today. Thank you that you've always been with me, that you are with me, and now I, I'm assured through my faith in Jesus that I'm always going to be with you. And right now in my heart, I'm confessing that I believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that I believe that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross, and He was crucified, and I believe with all my heart they placed Him in a grave, and I believe with all my heart He rose from that grave, and He's coming back for me one day. So God, help me in this new walk. Help me in my new faith. Put people around me that can help me. Lord, when I exit here today, Give me the boldness to go by the tent, get a Bible, a devotion, learn about water baptism, so I can start this new journey out on a good foot. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.